Welcome to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. This is co-host Ryan Smith with Coach Stephanie Holbrook, where we get a chance to geek out on all things fitness. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the podcast. I have um, an exciting guest today. I have Coach Frank Soul. Frank coached me with swimming, and we had a podcast earlier about what a great swim coach he, he is. But he's not only a swim coach, he's a coach for endurance athletes, and he really helps people get to the finish line. And he's developed some steps, the seven Bs to being a successful athlete, and they also spill over into real life um, everyday things. So we're going to talk about Frank's first B. So Frank, welcome to the show. Steph, it's good to be here. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. So today we're going to talk about how important it is to believe that you are um, going to be successful. Your first B is believe. So can you tell us why that's so important and, you know, coming up to Ironman, how that makes a difference in folks' races? No, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. And when I developed this uh, this concept of the seven Bs, uh, I never even had belief and believe uh, as a uh, one of the seven Bs. I only had initially started off with five. But it came to a point when I was working with athletes and we were starting to make some monumental changes, even with the progress they were making, they weren't necessarily believing they were getting any better. But the you know the the, the watch was proving it. They were feeling better. They were more. So I started to get into the more psychological aspect of training, where an athlete has to believe that they're able to do what they're they're asking their body to do, whether it be an Ironman, uh, an endurance run, endurance swim, or even prepare for uh, their very first sprint triathlon. So to be able to believe and have the belief in yourself is absolutely critical. Right. I agree. And when we took the swim class with you, the first thing you said before we even got in the water was believe that you're a swimmer. Because before I took your class, I really didn't ever associate myself with the swimmer yeah, as a swimmer, even though I have done a number of triathlons. Well, you know, and that's an interesting point. Uh, I've been coaching at this level for 20 years, uh, uh, you know, a swim coach, high school swim coach, uh, YMCA swim coach, club coach, uh, working with triathletes from pro to the absolute newbie. And when I call a newbie a newbie, I mean that with all the due respect that they 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 should get because congratulations for them to, sh- to start getting into triathlon. So we get into that. And you're right. I remember specifically that clinic in class. And I tell all athletes now – you have to believe that you're able to swim. Why do I say that? Because unless an athlete comes to you with some real physical limitations, everybody has the ability to become a good swimmer. And I'm not just talking about getting through the swim. I believe, and we're, we're really dialing in swim right now here, Stephanie, not necessarily bike and run, but you can literally trans, uh, transfer and translate this to anything. If you really want to become a good swimmer, you can become a very, very good triathlete swimmer. I have this theory Frank Soul, if I really wanted to, I can learn how to play the violin and play the violin well. Here's the deciding factor. The question I have to ask myself, do I want to become a good violinist? And the answer that comes back, no, I don't want to put that time in. I have other things that I want to be and do with my life. So coaching athletes in the swim specifically, I ask them to believe. I have taken it to a, a, a new step where I'm working with a lot of uh, athletes now I literally sit down with new, uh, newer athletes to uh, seasoned triathletes, and I'll say this. You must and act and think like an, adorn, uh, like an elite athlete. I'm not saying that you carry yourself with a with staying humble and you're being cocky, 
but think and act like an elite. How would an elite athlete work at this level? What would he or she do to project herself further uh, as a triathlete and or as an endurance athlete? And when I do that, athletes will sit back and say, yeah, but I'm a newbie. Why? How can I think like an elite? It's It's a mindset. What we think, we become. Well, I agree 110%. There's a ton of books out there, the movie The Secret or... You know, Norman Vincent Peale writes, wrote a lot about that. What was your inspiration in coming up with the belief, aside from just seeing athletes really doubting themselves initially and, and you know, coming up with excuses? Because I know that's one of your, yeah. your things, like that people come up with the excuse before they've even done the event. Absolutely. It, it, it's a great, great point. And I wish I had the author's uh, uh, name right here, but the name of the book is called Mastery, just what it sounds like, Mastery, like you're mastering something. And you, what, he, what he said in the, in, in the, uh, in the, in the book, and, and the point is, I'm always careful here because I'm not trying to insult anyone, but I need when I'm working with athletes to get beyond that point of, you know, you're right, the excuses. We, we know that it's, it's going to be hot, it's going to be cold, it's going to be windy. It's not going to be windy. It's going to be a hilly course. It's not going to be a hilly course. It is what it is, and you need to prepare and know that everything you're doing is going to get you prepared for that, whether you're coached, self-coached, you're, you're doing something offline, a coaching system offline. You've got to have enough faith in yourself that you're doing what's necessary. When we start to make excuses, what we've done for ourselves is create a, a, a defense mechanism is saying, it's okay for me not to succeed. And I am to the point where I, for myself and for my athletes, and saying that's unacceptable. We're all capable of becoming better swimmers, better cyclists, better runners, better parents, better at uh, work, better at school, better at anything and everything. So in the book Mastery, he discusses that whole concept of that when we're doing something, we need to know that we have a goal. And what he refers to as goalless practice meaning why am I doing what am I doing? Am I going to get better at this and move forward? So I make sure that my athletes know that on what they're working on that particular practice or uh, week, are they going to succeed at what they're looking to do? Uh, and if they don't, not the end of the world. We go back and we start all over again. Uh, I hope I answered that question. In the- yeah, you, you answered okay. it perfectly. And Robert Green is the author. I just looked up his Robert Green, thank you. Right. Great little book. It's a fast, quick read. Uh, I would tell not only endurance athletes, anybody who's looking to get good at anything. I don't care if you're trying to make a, a, a casserole. Check this book out. It is, it is that worth the read. Trust me. Frank, have you ever read the book The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? I have not. It's a really super good book. I haven't read Mastery, but it's along the same lines. But he actually gives a name to the excuse. He calls it resistance. And it's mm-hmm. basically that anchor that keeps you down from achieving what you want to achieve. It's like the reason you come up with excuses. And, um, you know, if you give it your all, no matter what your starting point, you can be proud of what you do. Otherwise, you're just becoming a victim. And, and, and that is a, a critical key word, uh, a victim. And it, that's exactly where I, I've studied that is when we do that, we, we take on a victim mentality. Uh, I'm not as fast. I'm not as talented. I'm not as good. And if we look back at their regimen, 
they really did not move across the their training regimen as well as they could have. Um, example, literally just um, met with an athlete, and we we were talking about a, a Thursday morning track practice. Alarm goes off at 5 a.m. You have a split decision to make, either get up or not, right? I mean, right. We'll, some of us will lay there and we'll debate it, uh, snooze or lose, okay? That is where the work is done. That is what um, what he'll say, Green will say in the book Mastery is, Work is done on the plateau. He'll tell, talk about embracing the plateau, meaning track practice, I'm not getting any faster. Second practice, I'm not getting any faster. You've got to embrace that plateau. You've got to show up and do it all the time. You and I had that conversation when you were in my clinic in regards to working the swim. Embrace the plateau, he'll refer to. And I tell athletes all that time is, you know, you'll hear embrace the suck and things like that. That is where mastery is uh, performed and um, where you succeed is when you're embracing those day-to-day processes to get better and better at, at your disciplines. Be swim, bike, run, strength training, flexibility, mobility, whatever the case. That's what uh, sort of reminds me of a, a statement that one of the – when I used to sell pure romance, they all had their in-home parties for women. Um, they had coach, one of our trainers, she always said – commit to the process and detach from the outcome. And that's sort of what it sounds like to me is that if you commit to the day-to-day training and the day-to-day process and believe that you are going to be successful, then you're going to have a good outcome. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because the first time I have ever, I ever ran into that statement, uh, focus on the process, not the outcome, uh, was in an article I read from Darren Smith. And Darren Smith, in my mind, is probably one of the most brilliant triathlon coaches out there. He is responsible for putting more athletes at the starting line in the Olympics uh, pretty much than any other coach. And he talks about that all the time. As endurance athletes, generally we come from a very A-type personality. We want it. Uh, I always kid people, there's that famous line in Willy Wonka, when Baruka says to Willy Wonka, he goes, she says, or she says to her dad, Daddy, I want it and I want it now. Okay? Triathletes can very much be like that. I want to get faster. I want to get stronger. I need to get more endurance. But that process takes, well, time. And Darren Smith speaks to that when he's working with pro triathletes. Focusing on the process means if you're swimming and biking that day, that should be the only thing you're thinking about. The outcome on race day will be a byproduct of you doing the innocuous little details successfully day in and day out. And that is what I stress to athletes. Embrace the innocuous details. That's where the success lies. When you're talking about the alarm clock this morning, and I noticed during the week when I'm going to to work and my alarm clock goes off, I, I hit the snooze and I'm like, but whenever I have a bike ride or something like that, it's always so much easier to get up and it's just part of your training. It's amazing how much that when we make that mental choice in our head before we even go to bed. I woke up at um, 4.30 this morning. My alarm clock was going off at, at 5.15. And it's like when you make that mental choice ahead of time, like I'm going to do this, then it's like your body responds no matter what. And, 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 and great, and it's another great point. And the things that I like to do, and and, and um, um, 
you know, as I encourage athletes, it is so much easier when you're committed. You know, you lay out your stuff the night before, right? You have all your run stuff, bike stuff, whatever, swim stuff. Everything is packed. It just makes getting out of bed easier and easier and easier. You know, I, I listen, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'll, I love to lounge around in bed. You know, the alarm goes off. I'll lay there. You play that mental game. You got the good demon in the bed. You know, the good demon in the bed, or the angel in the bed, demon going, ah, oh, you don't need to work out today. And the angel says, no, you need to go out and do this. And the demon says, no, you you deserve a day off. It's um, it's it. Which one are you going to listen to is really the critical factor. The one person who I follow and try to uh, at uh, uh, somebody I admire and follow is my own wife. Uh, my wife Laura. That alarm goes off whether it's work or workout. She is out of bed. She's out the door. She's ready to go get her workout done, whether it be run, going to the gym, working the elliptical, doing her weights, whatever the case. And it really does work. So you're not second guessing it. You're right. Getting up on a bike ride, it's easy, especially if you ride the bike. But there's an old, another old saying that I like to use, work your weaknesses. If all of a sudden it's a swim morning and it's February, right. it's easy to get up and go ride the bike in your garage because it's warm. But you know you need to be in the water. you got to get up and go do it anyhow. Those are those what I refer to as those innocuous little details that's going to lead to success. Uh, blowing off one swim workout, no big deal. Does one learn or lead into three to five to eight? Will that make a big difference? The answer is uh, uh, doubtfully, undoubtedly yes. We both know that you need to take, follow through those things. Right, and I think that um, something about being believing as well is to have a, a plan. I mean, does that make a difference if in someone's ability to really believe in what they're doing is if if they have a plan and it, and I think when I trained for Ironman, Cheryl Miller was my coach, and she believed so much that I could do it that I never doubted one moment when I got to the start line that I would not finish it. Yeah, and and I think Cheryl, uh, I know Cheryl as a coach and know her personally, a, a great motivator, a very, very talented coach. So I knew that she had you more than prepared for that race. You're right, though. I am dealing with, we have Ironman Arizona coming up next week. Uh, I have athletes coming in as far as Canada, California, and I have athletes as far as Philadelphia who I work with. And even now, some are second-guessing themselves. Um, You know, have I done enough? Am I prepared? Is the water going to be too cold? I heard it's going to be windy. Again, focus on the process, not the outcome. You just need to know, have you done the work? Yes, then you'll be prepared. We could sit here and debate whether somebody comes in at 14 hours or 12 hours or 10 hours for that matter uh, or under. But the fact is, if you've done the work, it's now time to just go go get it done. Right. And you just, I think that's part of the mental process too, knowing that once you hit the start line, and I'm sure you, you know this too, that part of the process is just going from one step after another. I mean, it's... The scary part is the start. <laughs> right. So once you get going, it's amazing how like five minutes into it, 
if you're calm. You're 100% right. I mean, that it's that first five minutes of every, anything, walking into a CrossFit gym for the first time, walking into a functional strength training, walking into a yoga class when you've never done one before, jumping into 60-degree water. How am I going to respond? Well, I do believe that we make those choices how we're going to respond. I understand there's the, the body, from a physical standpoint, is going to respond to cold water. Oxygen's going to be drawn from the body, going to the heart, to the brain to protect it, out to the skin. And there's very left, little left in the, in the lungs to breathe. I counsel all my athletes. Once you jump in on Ironman, acknowledge that the water is cold. Let it go. If I think it's cold all day, it's cold all day. We know 60 degree water is going to be cold. We know you need to be in a wetsuit. We know that it may create a little hypothermia, but you've got to let that go and believe in your ability to swim at a, uh, um, at a at a at a pace that's going to get you in and out of that water in a respectful time, so you won't have to deal with hypothermia. Uh, I've been there. I've seen it. I've experienced it over the years, uh, freezing to death in the water and swimming um, uh, absolutely as calm as could be. In my belief that I know, again, kind of weird belief that I know that the water is cold, but letting that piece go. How did I learn about that? I had the bri- a privilege and honor. Years ago, the chain, uh, trained for, um, some strength training with a Navy SEAL. And he would talk to us about how they would sit in vats of ice cold water. Well, you better prepare yourself mentally to know that that water was cold, but you got to let that go. You step out of that, of that realm and go and race. Again, how would an elite athlete respond to this environment? Now we get back to the whole concept of belief and believing I will this kind of chapter that I wrote, Stephanie, is it's called Belief, Believing, and Confidence. And I do believe one builds into the other. You, you've got a belief that, you know, everybody, there's athletes in an age group, let's say 50 to 54, right? I believe, I have the belief that these athletes are good. I have to have the personal belief that I can compete with these athletes in there. I want to be fifth in my age group. I want to get a podium spot. What are, you have to have the confidence to know that if you do what a coach tells you to do, there's a better chance you're going to get there. Now, we know that one race does not define an athlete, so I will always counsel athletes there. That could really shatter one's belief. But have the confidence to know that what you've done has prepared you succinctly to succeed that day. Right, and I think you do a good job of that. When I took the swim clinic, one of the other girls had taken the clinic before and she was just coming for a refresher. That's correct. But she she actually was very close to a podium spot. But talking to her, she she initially, when she first started triathlon, was not that confident that she could ever be that fast. And you convinced her, like, yes, you can be that fast. And you, she was just seconds off of third place. She will be racing and competing in Ironman Arizona this coming weekend, right here in Arizona. And uh, she had really... Like you said, she embraced the concept of hard work. Now, uh, I'm in the process of writing a paper right now because I think there's a, and not I think, in my world I know there's a distinct difference between working hard and hard work. This young lady was willing to do the hard work. Working hard in my world is, and I see a lot of triathletes do this, and again, no disrespect, they're out there, they're swimming, they're biking, they're running, but there's no real goal for why they're out there. If I ask an athlete, if you're out there doing a 45, 50-mile bike ride, what was the goal of this ride today? Well, I just went out for a ride. 
Well, in that cell, in that case right there, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But when we string a bunch of workouts together like that, that's just working hard. The hard work is showing up to that clinic again. And she worked with me three, four other times after that to really perfect her technique in preparation for Ironman. And I have no doubt in my mind that this gal is going to have herself a great day next Sunday. So with those things being said, there is a distinct difference in my world between working hard and hard work. And and you're right. Um, I believe your ability to ride the hills, there are a series of things that have led to your success. But without the belief that you can do it, it's just not going to get done. Right. Uh, I don't believe I'm going to get this job. I don't believe I can lose the weight. I don't believe I can break 15 hours in an Ironman. Uh, I don't believe I'm ever going to be oh, good enough to make a podium. I don't even believe I can do a sprint triathlon, maybe at the JCC for the first time because I've never done anything like this before. The belief is you got to say to yourself is somebody else has done it. I can do it. Right. I agree. I, and I think that, I mean, that's why I wanted you to, to talk to you on the podcast because I think there's a lot of folks out there. We put limitations on us and I think it's just to, uh, I don't know, protect our ego or, or something to, that if we failed, we were like, oh, well, it's because of this and this. And it's not necessarily because of this or that. If, if you put forth the effort, you'll be successful to the best of your ability. Um, and whatever you're achieving. Yeah. And, and let me just say this about what you just also made a comment on is that individuals not only have these self limitations, but it, it, getting into the psychology part of it, uh, many people have been told their whole lives that, you know, you're not going to be good at this. Um, um, you know, I've never been an athlete. I've never been, a, a, I, I've never had coordination. I've never had strength. I've never been able to do you, you fill in the blank. And uh, when I when they come in and, and, and we're going through the interview process, uh, I make them very uh, aware of it right there going, well, the first step is that you came into my office. You, I didn't come to you. I didn't call you. You called me. That must mean somewhere in your belief system you have a way to overcome this. So congratulations. Right there I see them sit up and, and perk up a little bit going, yeah, maybe I can do this. So I don't know, maybe. Unless people come in with physical limitations, and even with those physical limitations, um, we're, we're going to get them to become a better athlete. That's awesome, Frank. And I, uh, I hope this podcast really helps folks out there who are, you know, not only training for Ironman Arizona, which is coming up, but also just in in everything in life. If you uh, you know, start out with the belief, it just makes makes things so much easier. I mean, my swim improved, I don't know, exponentially because in, I was it six weeks is our, the six weeks. This, the clinic was a six week clinic. Yeah. Right. In six weeks, I became really literally a, a different swimmer and it was the first day we didn't even get in the pool until like the last 10 minutes. And the, the point was that you went through the whole process about, the first thing you have to do, no matter what, is believe. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Stephen. I, I again, like I said, I uh, you know I, I will come. I get just to uh, kind of recap when I get athletes who come to me. Uh, many will come with 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 again a, a lot of uh, self doubt, self limitations, 
either whether they were told that as kids, whatever the case, and they come to a point where they need to, what I like to say is they're, they're tackling their demons face to face. And a triathlon or an endurance sport, whether we're getting them ready for half marathon, marathon, uh, a 12-mile swim around the Keys, I've had athletes do with no swimming background at all and gotten them ready for that in a year, uh, ready for Ironman from, uh, from a couch potato to Ironman. So the question is, you got to ask yourself, can I do this? And the, the, undoubtedly, you should be saying to yourself, of course I can. If I chunk it down, if I do the smart things that I need to do in preparation, I get enough supportive people around me who also believe in me because that's always helped uh, through the process. Uh, And even if they don't believe in you, uh, how do I put this nicely? The heck with them. Go do it anyhow. Right, right. I agree 110%. That's why I love talking to you, Frank. Because I always enjoy these. Yeah, I think, you know, what I like, most is not only you're super encouraging, but you, without making people feel bad, you make them like, Hey, own up to it. So, yeah. well, I mean, I, I, you know, I was a poster child for it in my thirties. I mean, everything was everybody else's fault. My my lack of success in, in business or my lack in success as a triathlete. And at a certain point I had to, you know, look myself in the mirror, eyeball to eyeball and saying, no, 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 no. I, I take full, full responsibility and accountability. So you start doing the necessary things to become successful, uh, and that's what I've done. And uh, and I and uh, as a tri coach and as an endurance coach and as a swim coach, uh, I, I I pride myself on doing that. So I uh, hopefully I've walked the walk to talk the talk. You know what I'm saying? So right, and walk the talk. well, the folks that I know, I was referred by Cheryl Miller to you, and I know a lot of other people refer. For their clients to you, yes, um, and I think if the coaches are believe in your ability to to coach swimming, then that speaks pretty highly of your your coaching technique. Thank you. So, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Frank. So, the first B is believe belief, and what's the second B that we're going to be talking about next time? Uh, I got a little creative with that one. Is be relaxed. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, relaxation and everything is uh, is absolutely critical. We know that in everything in life. Uh, again, that was something I struggled with for years and years and years. But uh, as a triathlete, uh, I will see a whole lot of nervous people uh, that morning uh, in preparation before they jump into the water um, to the point where some will get themselves so worked up into an anxiety state, hyperventilation, you know, panic attacks. My job is all my athletes who I will sit with this week is to counsel them to avoid that at every cost. Well, that's that's a good one. And Most I think important. that's that's part of the um you know everything's in balance. So the the, the 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 reverse of um you know pushing yourself hard in that that tension is the recovery and relaxation and you know that's the you know, that's how you get better is the right. the recovery. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect second B. Yeah, well, it'll be it'll be it'll be another worthy uh, worthy topic for us to take on. Perfect. Well, where can folks find you, Frank? Uh, I'm at uh, Soul Swim Solutions. Uh, that's S O L E Swim Solutions. Uh, that's www.soulswimsolutions.com. Uh, my number is four eight zero 
252-3552. If anyone ever wants to talk or just send me an email, I'm, I, I consult, counsel, talk uh, to athletes all the time and would be happy to talk to and counsel anyone in any questions they may have. Great. Well, thank you so much, Frank. I really appreciate your time. If uh, the listeners out there would please go to iTunes and rate us about how you like this uh, podcast. And also, um, if you could please leave a comment and let us know how we're doing, that would be great. Thank you so much and just have a wonderful day. You too. Enjoy now. Bye-bye.